hear what the Lord says to us tonight from his word. Father, we do thank you for all the precious time of being together here with you, corporately together. And Lord, thanks for though that, uh, Lord, may we not take for granted, but may we not just kind of look at our watch and say, oh, well, it's another Sunday night, we better turn up. Oh, Lord, we're missing out on so much if that's the way we look at it. Um, Lord, if we don't have a thirst and a hunger for you, then give us a prayer to pray that we will hunger and thirst for you. Uh, not just to take you for granted, Lord, but to really recognise that you are an infinite God. We can never stop learning or growing about you, growing in you. You've got so much to pour into our lives. And if we think we're there, uh, we've got a big thing coming. Uh, we've got a lot more to learn, Father. And so we just pray that you will fill us with your spirit and reveal more of yourself to us. And just, Lord, continue to do that great work in each of us, we pray, that you want to do. So we just commit ourselves to you right now and pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to your word, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Some of you would um, remember, just prior to the elections, um, our church facilitated a um, candidates information night. Were any of you there at that? It was just for the election, so it was all the local candidates, federal candidates, who had the opportunity, it was over there in the hall, and uh, I went along to that, and uh, Brendan, you were there for that too, there's a few others that were there where each of the candidates for all the major parties and some other parties I'd never heard of, they were there. It was hosted by ACL, Australian Christian Lobby. Wendy Francis did a fabulous job in hosting it. And um, anyway, they had the opportunity to talk about various things, questions that came from the floor. So people have had questions about various issues that they wanted them to talk about. They'd write those questions down and then give it to, to uh, Wendy, who would then give it to, uh, sorry, who would then ask each of the candidates about this particular issue. One of, the, one of the issues that came up was on abortion. And as you can imagine, it was a fairly emotive sort of issue. And uh, anyway, the candidates had a number of opportunities just to talk about what their view on abortion was. And I can remember uh, one of the lady candidates that was there. Uh, she wasn't a Christian. And uh, I remember her making this statement, or worse, the effect of this particular statement. It went like this. Uh, she, she said, it's her body and no one had the right to tell her what she should do with her own body. That was in relation to abortion. As you can imagine, as I said, it was fairly emotive there. But that particular statement just caught my ear. Let me say it again, it's something like this. It's her body and no one had the right to tell her what she should do with her own body. Question, was she right? Is that right? Because that is a very common, uh, very common expression or very common comment that you'll hear. It's a very common world view. Do our bodies belong to us? And we ought to have the right to do with them as we please. Our bodies belong to us and we have the right to do with them as we please. See, that is a commonly held world view. And as we look at this passage tonight, and as we continue this, this whole series on transformation, with today's topic being transformed in my physical health, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Corinthian believers, um, he addresses this very issue regarding our physical bodies and who really owns them. What's this all about? So in this letter, Paul is correcting, just to give a little bit of background, he's correcting some very misguided thinking among some of these believers. Because some of them had the view 
that their Christian freedom, this newfound freedom in Christ, and indeed we do have this freedom in Christ, but their view was, was skewed, it was warped, in that they believe that their freedom from the Old Testament law now permits them to base and gives them license to be free with their bodies in any way they like. And in this context, free with their bodies in terms of sexual practices. Hey, we're free from the Old Testament law. We can do what we like type thing. It's a, a warped idea. I love what uh, Warren Rursby says. He says, Christian liberty is never license. Christian liberty does not mean I am free to do what I please, but that I have been free to do what pleases Christ. Don't you think, don't you get that? You witness with that tonight? <clears throat> and this is where I probably struggle because when I got set free from my sin, you know, when I was, when I came to know Jesus, the deepest desire I had was not to please and do those things I used to do, but I wanted to honour him. And I think that's something that the Holy Spirit does in all of us. He gives us the longing to want to please Christ. But there are some who struggle with that. Some are on their different journeys and different maturity levels. And there are some who still think, well, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of please myself. And God is kind of there and, and he'll forgive me anyway. Um, it's, that's not it. Uh, that's not it. So just have a look at these scriptures that Katie read to us. So in verses two, uh, 12 to 14, Paul teaches that what the Christian does with his or her body really should be determined by what Christ has done for them. In that, he gave his body for us that we might give our body to him in holy Christian ministry and service, holy living. Do you get that? He gave his body for us that we might give ours to him in holy living. Verses 12 to 14. Now verses 15 to 20, then Paul now teaches and applies this in the specific area of sexual sin. And it's a big topic and it's an important topic, but what I want to do tonight is, is not so much concentrate in the, in the sexual area so much as I want to look at the big picture of what we're talking about here tonight um, to, in terms of our physical health. And of course, this whole area that Paul's talked about, this sexual type stuff, is all part of that. Um, if you've got a copy of your journal uh, here tonight, uh, Rick Warren's, it's a good book to get hold of. If you want to get one, uh, we can arrange that. There, are, there may be some still available in the church, so check out and ask the administrator about that. They're about $15 that we're selling here. I think about $20, aren't they? $25, $30 at Kurong. But they're worthwhile to have. Um, so, I, I, but I like what he says. Uh, he's got a number of quotes in there. <clears throat> and I like this one in particular uh, where he says this. God wants to take care, God wants us to take care of our bodies. Not only because that's where we live, but also because that's where he lives. Physical health is a spiritual discipline, and I think it is. So when it comes to physical health and how I treat my body, um, the Bible teaches that there are at least six, there's probably a lot more. But at least six, I want to touch six tonight. Six things that we need to take into account as we consider this topic. And I'm using the framework of Rick Warren in this, this thing. So if you've got your journal, you can actually jot these things down if you haven't gone to the back of the book and put the answers in already. First thing is this, that my body is God's property. My body is God's property. Look at these verses. 1 Corinthians 6, mainly tonight. 
19 and 20 says this. It's pretty clear. You're not your own. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Romans 14, 7 says something different. Uh, sorry, says something similar. Romans 14, 7 and 8 says this. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. <clears throat> if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. That obviously includes our bodies. We belong to the Lord. You and I are God's property. He designed and he made you and me. I love how the psalmist puts that amazing truth as well. Psalm 139, one of my favourites. If you haven't read it lately, it might be a good time to read Psalm 139. Beautiful words. Have a listen to some of them, just some of them. <clears throat> uh, Psalm 139 verses 13 to 14 says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like what you see, apart from the physical side of stuff and what we're talking about tonight, you need to say this before God. You know what, Lord? You said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So don't let the devil do this in your ear and put you down because that's what he does. Challenge him. Use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, do you do that? It's important we do that. Psalm 139, beautiful psalm. So when you take into account these magnificent words from the Most High God, how can we then say, my body is my own, I'll do what I like? Because the, body, the Bible teaches us that my body is God's property. And if it's God property, God's property, therefore I must honour him with this body that he has given me and that belongs to him. I must honour him and live in this body to please and honour God, not me, not self. First thing. Second thing. God expects me to manage my body. God expects me to manage my body. Verse 12. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. How true is that? I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. And it's interesting, I will not be mastered by anything. Paul says uh, some interesting stuff in, in chapter 9 of, of 1 Corinthians. He talks about making his body his slave. Listen to these words. Uh, verse 9, chapter 9, verse 27 says this, No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He makes his body his slave. God expects us to manage our body. And I think Paul's giving a pretty clear indication of how you do that or why you do that. If you're getting a bit of an impression here that, God's got, that, that Paul's got something against the human body, that's not right. Um, this doesn't mean that Paul uh, saw the human body as evil and something to be ashamed of. This, is, this certainly is not uh, the Christian view at all. 
Um, but the body does need to be brought under control and it does need to be managed. And then the people who will say this to you, you know, but God created us. Yep. Well, didn't he create us with all these appetites and these desires that we have? Shouldn't we then use them? And the answer is yes, he did create all those things and yes, we should use them. But here's the, here's the key. But it's about using, not abusing these appetites and desires that God gives. It's about managing them correctly, biblically. That's what it's about. Using, not abusing the things that God gives us. And the Corinthians were abusing it. And there are some in Christian circles today who are abusing these appetites and desires that God gives. And we need to listen to God's spirit about that. It's interesting when Paul lists uh, the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapters 5 and verse 22. You know the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, I think it is, faithfulness. The last one is self-control. Isn't it amazing? I don't get that bit where, where self is kind of involved with the things of the spirit. But here's this self-control is a fruit of the spirit. See, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer in Christ is to empower that person with what might be described as, listen to this, Holy Spirit energized self-control. That's what I think it is. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit in a person, one of the things that he does for that person is to empower that person with Holy Spirit energized self-control. And it's so important to step out and let him step in to those situations where we say, Lord, I can't, but you can. Give me that energized, empowered, Holy Spirit self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. Because I want to live for you and not for self. You see, because if we allow the unregenerate self, the flesh, if we allow that to be in control then it will lead us in the ways of the flesh. And we know that the ways of the flesh will lead to sin and we know that that will then finally lead us to destruction. That's what it's all about. And Paul says that very clearly again when he wrote to the Galatians about that very thing, Galatians 6, 7 and 8, worthwhile writing this down. Very solemn words here that Paul says to the Galatians. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. God cannot be mocked. He says, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Awesome, isn't it? Good instruction that God gives us. Therefore, God expects me to manage my body. And he gives us, he gives me, he gives you the power to do it so that we can, so that we can, for, at least for one thing, enjoy this optimal uh, physical health that he wants us to have. Fills us with his spirit, energized, spirit-empowered self-control. If you're not sure what that means, and if, you, if it's touching a chord in you tonight, then you might need to pray that prayer, Lord, fill me with that self-control, the fruit of the spirit. Unpack it for me. Let me experience the power of that in my life. Thirdly, my body will be resurrected after I die. Another good reason um, to surrender our bodies to Christ. My body will be resurrected 
after I die. Good reason to keep it in good shape. Let me uh, explain more of this. So verse 14 of chapter 6. By his power, God raised the Lord Jesus, sorry, raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Let me read it again, verse 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. And when I read that and I thought about it, I, I thought, so, so what, is, what does God think of my human body? Or the fact that I have a human body? What does he think about all that? And it might seem a bit, a bit of a dumb question. The very body that he created. What does he think about all of this? Well, he thinks enough of it to not only put on a human body himself when he came and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, John chapter 1. Not only that, but he thinks enough of us. He thinks enough of this human body to actually raise it up again on the day when Christ returns. He's going to give us a resurrected body like his. We will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So we're going to have this new body. It won't, it won't be exactly the same kind of body you had when you die, if you die, or if Christ returns again before you die, you will be in the twinkling of an eye, transformed, translated, if you like, transformed. So it won't be exactly the same body that you had when you when you die, that is a body of flesh and blood that we have now that is subject to disease and sickness and tiredness and, and all the other bits and pieces that, that we are. But it will be a body, it will be a physical resurrected body created by God, created for God, created by him for him to live with him in the spiritual realm. A body like Christ, a body that will last forever. And you will be recognised, it will be your body that God gives you resurrected different but yet the same if you understand that amazing mystery but a marvelous one the apostle paul devoted a whole chapter in first corinthians to this amazing and wonderful hope and glory for the believer in christ listen to part of what paul says I know you know these words pretty well, most of you do anyway, but what a great chapter. Let's listen in part what he says here. So I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 to 44, and it says this. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. This is a natural body. Sorry, it's sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. That's the guarantee that we have. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. What a hope. And you know, just at this point, I want to just stop for a minute and I want to ask you this question. Do you have this hope in you tonight? Are you going, yes, I can't wait for that day. Some of you are saying, I don't want it to come too quick, Lord, but I'm looking forward to that day when I will be with you forever. Can I ask you, is that you tonight? Are you, you, you got that assurance tonight. You know, is the assurance of sins forgiven yours tonight? It, the gift of eternal life. 
Is it yours tonight? You know, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour? And you know without an inkling of a doubt, no shadow of a doubt at all, that you belong to him. And he belongs to you. Jesus Christ, because he suffered and died on the cross for you. And love the fact that if you were the only person on the earth, he would have done that for you. I believe that. If you're the only one, he would have, God would have sent his son to save you. That's how powerful I believe his love is for us. <laughs> he suffered and died on the cross, shed his blood in his human body for our sin. He was the lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. And then he was raised up again. And he did all that. He made it possible for our human body, like his, to also be raised on that day, imperishable, for eternity. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an amazing truth? And in the meantime, God expects you and me, as best we can, to take care of our physical bodies, to take care and manage our physical bodies, and our physical health and well-being. And tonight I'm not going to give you all the list of what gym you should go to, what food you should eat, what diet, da da da, da. You, you can work that out yourself. But I want to tell you what the motivation behind us doing this is all about. The fourth thing that we need to take into account as we consider this whole concept of transformation in our, in our physical health is that my body is connected to the body of Christ. That's another mystery. Try and fathom that because I don't think I can. But the truth is, my body is connected to the body of Christ. Look at what Paul says in this same passage, chapter, uh, verse 15, chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? What an amazing word. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? And Paul unpacks this a bit more in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. And following, he, he says more about that. But he also says things like this in Romans, in Romans 12 and verse 5. He says this, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We're many members, but we're one, and we all belong to each other. We belong to Christ, and he belongs to us. It's an incredible intimacy, unity. With us, us and Christ. Just, just amazing. It is. It's a, it's a truly amazing and mystical fact. That Christ indwells the body of each believer by his Holy Spirit. We're in him. And he is in us. And he is among us. As his people, as his church, as his bride. And this is what Paul meant when he said these things to the Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. Listen to these words. Read it again. To them God has chosen. I'm glad God chose us, don't you? Aren't you glad tonight? He didn't have to. Look at this. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. That's us. The glorious riches of this mystery this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is a mystery. Try and figure that out. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
just awesome what God has done for us. Christ lives within us. He lives within your body. He lives among us. For we, including our bodies, by faith in Christ, are connected to his body. One commentator, David Pryor, he says this, Our physical bodies are limbs of Christ. I'm not quite sure if I get that just yet, but somehow our physical bodies are limbs of Christ. So in other words, Christ has chosen to use us, our bodies, as his own on this earth. Christ has chosen to use our bodies as his own on this earth. And therefore, the implication of all this, the implication in this particular context, in this passage, is this. So how could we then take our members, our limbs, which are members of Christ, and join them with a prostitute? This is, the, this is the, the weight of what Paul's trying to get through to these believers. How can you do that? Do you understand who you are? Do you understand who, what your body is all about? If you do, how can you then join what belongs to Christ to a prostitute? And he goes on and says this. Um, well, just to say that this is exact, Paul's, Paul is honing in on this because this is exactly what some of these Corinthian believers were doing. They were going up to the temple of Aphrodite where there were about a thousand cult prostitutes there and not thinking too much about that. And Paul knew that was going on. Aphrodite in their city, this, this temple, a thousand cult prostitutes were there and they were, some of these guys were engaged with that, involved with that. So Paul says this, verse 15 of chapter 6. He says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never, he says. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. And he's talking about a very powerful thing here, which we don't have time to really unpack tonight. But there's something mysterious. There's something, um, there's something spiritual about this whole area of sexuality. It's not just two bodies coming together. There's a lot more to it than that. And Paul's trying to get them to, scent, to see this. And in verse 17, he says, But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So much more could be said about that, couldn't it? It's good to just read this, ponder this and say, Lord, unpack this for me. I want to know more about this. I want to feel the weight of this awesome relationship that I have with you and the, the implication of all this spiritually, physically, emotionally, every way. There's so much in it. Some good advice from Warren Wiersbe. He says this, if you begin each day by surrendering your body to Christ, if you begin each day by surrendering your body to Christ, it will make a great deal of difference in what you do with your body during the day. Isn't that good? A simple little prayer in the morning. Lord, thank you for the day. I just want to surrender myself. My body belongs to you. I wanted to be a member of your body today. My body, Lord, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Fill me, indwell me, and Lord, let's get on with your business today because then I will sense fulfillment and joy and I'll know true pleasure and fulfillment. 
It's really doing that. Surrendering your body to Christ, it will make a great deal of difference in what you do with your body during the day. Rick Warren also has a timely reminder too. He, he says this, Jesus gave his body for you and he wants you to honour him with yours. We've kind of been saying that, haven't we? Jesus gave his body for you and he wants you to honour him with yours. Let's move on. Um, the fifth thing that we need to take into account is that the Holy Spirit lives in my body. Similar to what we've just been saying, actually. But verse 19 says this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Verse 19. There wouldn't be too many people, I wouldn't think, if any at all, actually, including the secular biologists, secular scientists, secular medicos, etc., who would, who, would argue, who, would, who would argue with the fact that the human body is a remarkable, mysterious and complex in its composition and in its function. Don't you think? There wouldn't be too many people, even the David Attenboroughs of the world and everybody else, they would just, they marvel at what, they wouldn't say God, but they marvel at this incredible machine, this incredible thing called the human body as far as I know there's still things about the human body that baffle scientists today cannot get their mind around it even the human brain and how things work but for the believer for the believer in Christ we stand in awe of the creator we stand in awe we know why the, the, the human body is so amazing because the creator of it is so amazing. So we stand in awe of him. We stand in awe of this God who planned, who designed and who created each of us in his own image to be unique for him. For him. And as Christians, we also know that there is more to us than simply a physical human body, a physical human shell kind of walking around and engaging and interacting with the rest of creation. We know there's a lot more to us than that. The Bible tells us, and we've already been hearing tonight, the Bible tells us that our bodies are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We are then, because of that, we're then to be holy. We're then to be separate from the world in the way that we use our bodies and care for our bodies because they are temples of the Holy Spirit. And we're not our own. We belong to him. And we will be accountable and are to God. Even for the way we treat our bodies. It's important to get that clear tonight, I believe. A sixth thing and final thing tonight. That we need to take into account as we consider this whole concept of transformation in our physical health is that Jesus bought my body on the cross. Jesus bought my body on the cross. Again, look at, look at uh, verses 19 and 20. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. And as were the Corinthians back then so are we today reminded that once we were slaves and in bondage to selfish desires to selfish indulgence to self-satisfying physical pleasures 
You see, it was all about self. Do you remember those days? I can. Nothing really mattered. God, well, who was he? What was important? That I did what I wanted, that I pleased self. And nothing else really mattered to me. And then, of course, God, when he invades your spirit, he changes all that. It was all about self. And therefore, it was all about enslavement to sin because that's what it is. If you are living for self, then you are enslaved by self. You're enslaved, you're in, you're enslaved to sin. But then came the Saviour. Then came the Redeemer God who in Christ paid the ultimate price with his own blood on the cross to set us free from self and we are bought we are bought at a very costly price a costly price therefore we are to honor him with our bodies as we've been saying tonight commentator bob utley he made this comment he says our bodies are for god not for self they are for service not for sin let me just say that again bob utley our bodies are for God, not for self. They are for service, not for sin. Simple but so true. And as I close tonight, um, and if you're using this transformation book, uh, you'll discover there's a lot of questions in there, and they're good questions for us to ponder before the Lord and, and to write things down and make it a personal journal for yourself if you're doing that tonight. Um, but there are a lot of good questions there. But I, I want to close with one question. I don't think it's in this book. and It's a question I want to invite you to just ponder and bring before God tonight yourself. Perhaps when you're home on your own, just to ponder this question that I want to invite you to, to ask before the Lord tonight. And it's this. If you are to honour God with your body, what do you most need to start doing? That's a challenge, isn't it? Not what you're already doing, perhaps, but if you are to honour God with your body, what one thing, what is the most needed thing that you need to start doing? Just something to think about and let sort of roll around in your mind a bit and bring it before the Lord, just to hear what he says to you about that. Can we just pray for a moment? Thanks. Father, we do thank you tonight for... Your word. Thank you for this topic, Lord. I guess it's not a topic that we talk about a lot, about physical health and about our physical bodies. We, sometimes we get so caught up with the spiritual, Lord, we, we forget that you've created us as, as, spiritual, as, as physical beings um, as well. We're spiritual, Lord, we know that, but we inhabit physical bodies and you expect us to take care of them. And so we thank you for these... Uh, Good reasons tonight to do that. The motivation behind wanting to do the best we can, Lord, um, with what we have so that we can keep ourselves to the best that we can in physical health. We know ultimately we're completely in your hands, Lord, but we have our part to play and help us to do it well. Help us, Lord, to have that heart attitude that we long to honour you with everything that you've given us. You've given us health and strength and and uh, Lord, and, and we want to use this for your glory while we still have that health and strength and mobility and that energy, Lord, that you give us. And so I just pray your blessing upon my brothers and sisters tonight, Lord, that, that we will go from this place with questions 
seeking answers from you and just hearing you speak to us and father thanks again so much for loving us like you do and caring for us and having the best for us and that's what we want to experience we want your best not not what we think is the best we want your best then it will be really the best so father we bless you now and we just thank you as we commit ourselves to you and commit the rest of this uh, day this evening um, and the rest of our week into your hands indeed the beginning of the week lord um, go before us as you promised you'll do and lead us along your way that we may be better equipped and uh, even filled with great joy as we seek to serve and honour you with the bodies that you've given us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Bless you, folks.